This is the moment of the year. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We're getting football back. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And I'm not talking about quarterback competition. I'm talking about the freaking New York Jets. Yeah, man, I'm loving my time here. I mean, it's, I've just embraced everything uh, New York. The mayor of New York. <laughs> Today's guests, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis. NFL Network Analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. Executive Producer of Hard Knocks, Ken Rogers. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. It is a great day in our neighborhood. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on our Los Angeles-based program. We do say hello to two Rich Eisen Show Radio affiliates smart enough to join the party. We say hello to 101.9 FM, 1260 AM, The Horn in Austin, Texas. Good to have you now part of the Rich Eisen Show uh, world. And then 101.5 FM and 1380 AM, The Cat in Del- uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Good to have The Cat. We've got right. The Horn and The Cat part of this thing going on right here uh, on The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. We say hello to our Roku audience, as always. The Roku Channel audience, 12 to 3 every day on Channel 210 on the Roku Channel, which is free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs, also free on Amazon Fire TV, free on the Roku app, the Roku Channels on the Roku app, and the Roku Channels free at the Roku Channel. Com. We say hello to our podcast audience listening whenever they darn well please as well. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman, fresh back from hey, the Rich. Jake Paul, Nate Diaz set to in yes. the Metroplex. Good yes. to have you over good there, to be sir. Here, I'm also announcing that I'm also joining the Big Ten. So. Okay, very good. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Jay, maybe that's where Del Tufo is. Uh, good to see you, Jason Feller. How are you, Hi, sir? Rich. I'm good. How are you? And TJ Jefferson, fresh back from being on my couch all weekend with my greens, man. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, it was awful. Well, I'm awful sorry weekend, to have bothered man. you on Saturday night on my way back from Canton. I mean, and you were yelling at me too. And I, was I was definitely not yelling. Not feeling good. Definitely but, not yelling. But I feel better today, and I'm happy. To I be was here. walking and talking through O'Hare Airport, <laughs> making making a connection so I could be home in time for this program. Good to have everybody right here. Here on the show, Jay Bellis is first up, and then uh, we're uh, going to be talking about uh, college expansion in a matter of moments uh, with you at home, and then with Jay in about 20 minutes' time. Daniel Jeremiah is going to join us, my colleague who I sit next to at the Combine and the Draft. He has been making the rounds of the uh, training camp world, um, and uh, he is fresh back from Steelers camp and Chargers camp, and uh, he was... Uh, and Colts camp as well. So we'll ask him about Anthony Richardson potentially starting the season. Preseason football writ large begins in three days on NFL Network and NFL Plus. You can watch a ton of games live there. So uh, lots to talk about with him. And then tomorrow night, Hard Knocks debuts. We back. And we've got the executive <laughs> producer of Hard Knocks, Ken Rogers, on the program in hour number three. Um, I don't have my I Heart um hk t-shirt that uh <laughs> coach sala was wearing at his first press conference i didn't yeah. get one of them oh, come on i didn't knocks. get one of them but we'll talk with him about what we expect to see why the jets push back i'll definitely ask him about the quarterback series it's apparently maybe going to start to look at uh second stringers third stringers practice squatters i don't know what's going on with that one uh but ken rogers will join us in hour number three of this program overreaction monday lurks on our rundown as well, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Can't wait to tell my children one day that there used to be something called the Big Ten with 10 actual teams in it. <laughs> tell them that one day. The Big Ten, as you know, that currently has 18 teams in it and may soon have, who knows, 20 teams in it. They'll still be called the Big Ten because they understand branding. Or maybe they should just call themselves X, Big oh. X. You know, because that's what you do is you take something that is completely well-known and fully branded and just call it X. I think it would be a big factor of 10. I don't know. This could be Roman Roman numerals, big X. (sighs) (laughs) Your kids won't believe that story. Well, I mean, right now, the Big Big 10 has 18 teams. The Big 12 has 16 teams. And the Pac-12 has four. (laughs) What did I say that's that's crazy? How about this one? How about this one? The Big Ten that has a team or a school named Northwestern 
that exists in the state of Illinois now has two teams from the actual Northwest within it. Good. A lot of people are sitting there going, what's Northwestern? That's good. Yeah, I like Sitting that. there in Illinois on the Big Ten. North, I don't even think Evanston is on the Northwest of anything. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, this conference now has two schools from the actual Northwest. Well, one of them is truly in the Northwest. Oregon. Washington and Oregon yeah, now. Eugene's there, yeah. Eugene's this was going down while Susie was sitting in this chair on Friday with Cal Bear, Amy Trask, sitting in the guest seat. Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State are the only Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8, now Pac-4 teams left standing. And according to uh, Brett McMurphy, he sent out a tweet literally about a half an hour before we came on the air that just jumped right at me. From the Action Network HQ, how committed was the Pac-12 to staying together? Following last Tuesday's meeting with the commissioner, George Klyavkov, a Pac-12 president contacted a Big 12 president and asked if the Big 12, quote, could take all nine of us except for Washington State and, and, uh, and Oregon State. Source told the Action Network HQ. What? <laughs> Poor Oregon State and Washington State. I mean, poor Vallis is lovely. Like, what? Holy Ryan Leaf, Batman. <laughs> I mean, everybody's out for it right now. Everybody's in for it themselves. And the question is, does this mean a softball team from Rutgers or, or Eugene, Oregon, has to travel all the way across the country to play the other? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Okay. Swimming, right. gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. All in the Chris name of trying to keep their oh, right. programs alive because this is where the football money is telling everybody to be. I mean, is there going to be basically a West Coast swing for Penn State? Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. When are we going to bring the tutors with us? Is that what we're going to do? Like a four, like that's that's a a four school in the in the basketball season, a four school West Coast trip. West Coast trip, yeah. just like the Yankees play the Angels and the A's and the Mariners. So, they, but they're professional baseball players. That would take 10, 12 days. They're not best I can tell. Trying to figure out their bio exam. econ, yeah. What are we doing here? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're creating a professional sports league. That's what we're doing. I told you when the Super League crapped out. Cross the pond, as I'm mandated to say, as a sportscaster here in America. When that thing crapped out, what did we talk about on this show? The one sport that could Super League it up is college athletics. And the SEC struck first as our friends... Now, listening to the Rich Eisen Show on 101.9 FM, The Horn. How come? In Austin, Texas. They know. They were the first ones to fire the first realignment shot with Oklahoma going to the SEC. As they will do next year, leaving the Big 16. And then the two schools here in Southern California decided to join the Big Ten. We're big, we've been in Big Ten country for about a year. And then feels different. We saw, I mean, Notre Dame's been sitting there playing cat and mouse. I guess they'll just sit there and be themselves. What do they care? They've played it right, honestly, this whole time. Which is what? Having NBC pay them as much money as they, they can get out of uh, the Peacock Network? That's yep. it? Independent, make their own schedule. They're not behooven to anybody or anything. And everybody still wants to play them. Yep. And they're, still, and they're still relevant nationally. They're always in the championship playoff mix. Well, and I guess if their if they're check from NBC, Universal, is above what every member's school in the Big 18 and Big 16 and the SEC are giving to their schools, makes sense. Stay put. You go wherever you want to go, and you're making that. As, as long as the economics, because that's what it is, 
It's economics. As Jay Billis is going to tell you in about 10 minutes' time. Then, then that makes sense. They'll stay independent. And then the question is, is what happens with the ACC? Are they just going to stay put as well? Does Clemson and Florida State join the Big Ten to wrap this thing up and make the Big 20? And interestingly enough, all, may, maybe the Big Ten throws Stanford and Cal a life raft. And the Big Ten has six schools out west. And they decide which other four current Big Ten teams that might be geographically sound enough to be as close to the West Coast as possible. Let's just choose Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, just off the top of my head. Put all of them in one conference division and everybody else in the other conferences division You've got 20 teams in the Big Ten, and with all due respect to Indianapolis, you play the Big Ten championship in the Rose Bowl. Just like, you know. With a Western division and an Eastern division? Just like it kind of used to be. Oh, weird. But the Rose Bowl is now part of the college football playoffs that are coming. And I believe they've got a quarterfinal and a semifinal game in the next two years, and then we'll be part of the playoffs moving forward as America's stadium, that I like to call it. And they like to refer to themselves as something similar to that. Because that's where it's all going. Who's in the college football playoff or not? And then at some point, the Big 20 or Big 18, the Big 16 or the Big 18 – or the SEC with the ACC, if that still exists, and whatever the Pac-12 is trying to cobble together in the, with the Mountain West and the AAC right now to try and stay alive, which is remarkable for a conference that 12 years ago signed a monster deal with the chance or hope to create their own network only to have it all go completely flat and have them disappear from existence. The conference that gave us Kareem Jackie Robinson, Bill Walton, Jackie Joyner-Kersey. You can keep going on and on who's coming out of that Pacific Coast collegiate scene. I could keep going on and on. That conference is dead. And these other conferences used to be known for just their 10 and 12 teams are pushing 20. And it's all going towards a college football universe that might now bring in the other sports give me 64 teams 70 teams whatever you can relegate potentially between upper and lower football divisions it's coming it is one million percent coming because this bus is being driven by television dollars and you know who's going to pay for it you yeah you jay feller Everybody else out there, it's called direct-to-consumer. Everybody is going in that direction. Where you, the sports fan, if you want to see it, it's going to be out of your pocket because you're cutting cords. We're right here on the Roku channel. We're on Roku. I mean, there are apps everywhere on this platform. You can pretty much see every sporting event you want to see right here on Roku, which we're thrilled to say. I'll tell you what, if I, it's going to cost me money to see Michigan and Ohio State. Because guess what? Soon Fox might put their sports direct-to-consumer and all of that stuff. That's the way it's going. Why wouldn't a team start their own streaming channel? Hey, watch all of our games here on the Notre Dame app. Well, that's, what's, that's maybe why they're staying independent. But it's still not going to bring in more, as much money as the television companies are going to give them. You don't think? No. I don't, not yet. $10 a year? You don't think 10 million people are paying for that? I watch know. Notre Dame? I don't know about that. We'll find out. Because that's the way this is going. It's the way it's all going. And college football is leading that bus. Kind of went a little bit Howard Beale on you right there at the very end. That's a network reference. Everybody's got to see that movie. Way ahead of its time. Long story short, this is the way it's going. So I don't want to hear about NIL and kids making too much money with NIL. Get out of here with that noise. University presidents just said 
we are absolutely going to send a lacrosse team from UCF to Utah. We're going to do it. I don't even know if they have lacrosse. But we're, we're definitely going to tell these kids, hey, up there in Eugene, you're going to Piscataway. Hey, Arizona and Arizona State kids, get ready. You're going to Central Florida. I mean, come on. It makes no sense. Like I told you, the school Northwestern in the Big Ten sounded like, you know, back when in the day when Atlanta was in the NFC West. It's like, what are you called Northwestern for? There's a history to it. Now there's two teams from the actual Northwest in that conference. I mean, you could, you could drive Orlando to Provo. It's only uh, 34 hours. As the crow flies. That's not bad. A little bit faster. Jay Billis, I'm sure, has a lot of two cents on this subject matter. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. But, hey, you know, we're going to be talking about it. And when these teams play each other, I mean, Oregon-Ohio State is a fascinating college football matchup. Oregon-Michigan, Washington-Michigan. There's a huge history right there. So... 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the show. We'll talk about it with Jay Billis. We also have Overreaction Monday. We also have Daniel Jeremiah on the latest from training camps across the country. He was at the Chargers scrimmage last night. What will Kellen Moore's offense look like here in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert at the controls? And then Ken Rogers, the executive producer of Hard Knocks, that debuts on HBO tomorrow night at 10 Eastern time. He will be joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. And then there's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial on this overreaction Monday edition of the program. Don't go anywhere. We're off and running here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on the show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Jay Billis will join us in a couple minutes' time uh, when the radio audience returns here on the program. Um, so I, I will ask you your um, your weekends. Uh, I saw some of your stuff on, on Instagram. Your Instagram out stuff out? I was going live a couple times just to give the, I saw the fans of the show a taste of what we were up to down there in That's the scene. That's great. It was it you was, and uh, our call screener, Adam Chudwin, yep. hashtag, and the guy to your left. Hashtag weird crew. Jay Felly. Weird crew. Okay. Uh, um, how many times? Who picked up? Did anybody pick up dinner? Did you split the check three ways? I, I did, actually. Did you really? Yeah. Dinner. When, we didn't have dinner. We, we went to dinner with uh, Alan Dallas. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's oh, my true. God. That's true. Alan <laughs> Dallas came out and met up with us. And then you picked up dinner for four? 
I said, does this look, look like mold to you? And then it was a company expense. I don't know if you want to be doing that live on the air. What do you ah. mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, a, he's not a businessman, Rich. He's a businessman. I so, got it. You know. Did you... We were discussing Chris, business. Chris, did you at least say, no, huh? come on. I, did you at least give... Did he at least give one of those? Not at all. No. I thought didn't we were, we were going to split it, actually, but... But you didn't say anything. <laughs> if you thought you were going to split it, you could have <laughs> taken your card out. Did you not take your card out? Didn't have, did an, he, op- didn't have an opportunity did to. He, did he even go for a reach? Did he go for the reach? Didn't didn't oh. flinch. <laughs> Short arms and deep pockets. <laughs> T-Rex. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it accurately portrayed. Okay. It went down, but. No, push, uh, push back. Well, I, did, I just said there was no opportunity. It was just he and me spoke up first, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. All right. Because <laughs> he was pointing out the mold. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any business reason when there's mold in the. I don't have any business. Why would you eat in a spot with mold? Yeah, that's another thing. We noticed it good after point. the fact. No, okay, got it. <laughs> Very good. Stupid. The Rich Eisen Show, thankfully, not the favorite choice of the RRS. Back here on the program, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, where the live channel, uh, the live Roku channel stream. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, Jay Billis back here on the Rich Eisen Show, otherwise known as an ACC guy, talking to a big 18 guy. Here on the program. How are you, Jay? I am doing great, Rich. I am just uh, much like you, sitting to sitting listening to people think that the apocalypse is upon us when uh, all this conference realignment's been going on for thirty years now, and uh, uh, they sound like uh, like folks who miss mom and pop shops on the street. And they lament Costco coming in, and then they love Costco when it gets there. So it's kind of a weird, weird time right now. Well, you know, because th- I, I, to me, this is the true what lift the kimono moment. Because uh, 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 the last thing I heard or saw in any of these press releases is how there's going to be some sort of mentoring or tutoring uh, on the no doubt uh, what would probably be eight day, nine day, potentially four game West Coast swing now for Big Ten programs going out there right like that's that's what's coming this is professional this is the professionalizing of sports on the collegiate level well but you not agree? yeah i agree but it ha- this happened 30 years ago and I, I i believe that ncaa football and ncaa basketball has been essentially the nba and the nfl for decades now um, but now there's no denying it. There, there, it, it. No reasonable person could say with a straight face that this isn't pro sports. And it has been for a long time. But, you know, the idea that with all this travel the players are going to go through, that it's not the equivalent of the NBA or the NFL is laughably absurd. And it's equally absurd when you hear the, the, the recent Pac-12 presidents uh, talk about why they decided to leave for the Big 12 or the Big 10. And they, they some of them said, well, it's, a, it's, uh, it's for our players so that they can play on a bigger stage and have more exposure and stuff like that. That's not why they did this. You know, they did this for the money and for the business long-term sustainability of, of their business prospects, which is fine. I mean, this is, you know, this is like typical American capitalism. And I have no problem with it. Uh, I think it's fine. The only thing I have a problem with, like, you know, the, all these schools are market competitors against one another in this multi-billion dollar entertainment industry. They're, they're individual market competitors, and then they group together by a conference, and the conferences compete as market competitors. The only time, and I, I believe this is true, the only time that the member institutions of the NCAA get together and act in concert is when they're trying to limit athletes. That's the only time they agree with each other. The rest of it, they are direct competitors that are out for themselves, which is fine. But the other stuff is a federal antitrust violation, and uh, and they're finding that out from the U.S. Supreme Court, and they're going to find out again in this this you know House versus NCAA case, which, which goes direct to player compensation. Well, before we get to that, or maybe this is a bridge to that part of this conversation, Jay Billis is the reason why the schools and presidents of the schools of the universities 
uh, are acting concert about not paying the players is that is an insane cost. Just take a look at what salary caps are in the NBA and the NFL right now, or it's at least not insane cost, but at least it's much more than what uh, a um, a four year um, one would say scholarship is. Right. I mean, like if you take a look at what uh, what the NIL deals for the, the top players in both of these sports are right now um, and a four year uh, full ride scholarship would be what maybe if you're if we're being generous, four hundred thousand dollars over four years. And so uh, you take a look at the costs and that's a no brainer for schools to not want to do that. The problem is, though is they're asking the players to act like they're professionals based on schedules and travel and things of that nature. Jay, right? Yeah, but even if they weren't asking him to do that, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's illegal. I mean, you know, it, to me, there, there's a difference between value and cost. So we can argue about what the value of the scholarship is. But when you start thinking about how that cost is allocated, so the athletic department is, is said to be paying for the scholarship and booking the scholarship as an expense. Well, where does that money go? They pay it to the school. So it's like me saying for when my kids were in, in, in the house, you know, they're older now, but when they were in the house, me saying, well, you know, it cost me a certain amount to, to feed and clothe them and house them. And I take that from one pocket and put it into the other. I mean, none of that makes any sense. And uh, and it, it would be the equivalent of me saying if somebody saying, hey, you make a lot of money as a broadcaster. No, no, no. I really don't. Uh, because, you know, ESPN pays me, but then I got to pay for my house and my cars and my country club and vacations and all that stuff. So at the end of this, I really don't have any money. <laughs> That's what the schools are saying is we don't have any money. And it's a lie. Uh, they built these gigantic facilities. They, they have athletic departments that are bigger than the Pentagon. And they like to say, well, our, our profit isn't as big because of what we did. But, but the athletic department is booking all these expenses. And the amount of money they pay to the school, they pay them in scholarship. They pay the scholarship money to the school. They pay for uh, building maintenance and food service to the school. And the school charges them an exorbitant price for those things. Um, it's kind of an absurd business model. But what, what so, of course, like to your point, since they haven't had to pay the athletes all these years, they talk about, well, it's going to be expensive. Well, it's going to put some, some, it's going to make some efficiencies come into play. They're going to say, do we really need 27 staff members for our basketball team? You know, they'll probably cut that down to 12 and some people are going to lose their jobs, but acquisition of talent on the floor is a hell of a lot more important to them uh, when they're going to have to pay than paying all these these people to be administrators and all this other stuff. It's horribly inefficient. But I'm sorry, um, they're going to have to start paying these guys and sign them to contracts because that's it's going to be required by law. Um, and their only hope is to go to Congress. So Congress says, all right, we'll give you an antitrust exemption so you can continue with our blessing to violate federal antitrust laws you've been doing for over 100 years now. But it's going to be a lot tougher for them to sit before Congress and beg Congress for that when they're cutting all these individual deals, you know, like like the, uh, uh, you know, blowing up the Pac-12 and USC and UCLA and the Big Ten. I mean, Rich, I had I had administrators reaching out over the over the weekend when this all happened Mm -hmm. saying this is crazy. I'm going, you know, it's only crazy when somebody else does it. When you did it, it was fine. (laughs) Like I played in an ACC that had eight teams, eight and I grew up in Los Angeles when it was the Pac-8. And, uh, and then the Big East expanded and took in all these schools for football. Then the ACC raided it. Maryland went to the Big Ten. Nebraska went to the Big Ten. West Virginia's in the Big 12. I mean, this has been going on since the early 90s when Florida State went into the ACC. And, and it actually went on before that, but just not as high a level. And it's only crazy when somebody else does it. When we do it, it's, it's good business, and it opened up new markets, and look at the sustainability and all that stuff. Then it makes perfect sense. Somebody else does it. Then it's crazy, and, and I, I just sort of laugh at that, that reasoning. How did uh, this individual or individuals, when you responded via text by saying, uh, holding up a mirror, how did they respond to your text? Was it new phone who dis, or th- that ended the conversation, or what did you have? What was the response? 
No, I mean, I, I listen to it because I understand for a lot of folks of our generation, it's different. But I could say the same thing. Like, I can't watch baseball anymore. The Astros are in the American League. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and I, I get it. It's different having you. Like, I don't like seeing the Pac-12 go away. But if I really love tradition so much, I would have been really upset to have Duke no longer in the Southern Conference where, where they started. Uh, you know, the ACC started in the late 50s, and it stayed eight teams up until the early 90s. But now these behemoth conferences are coming in, and things are going to change, and they have changed. But they've changed a lot. And every time something changes, uh, doomsday is around the corner. And, you know, people prognosticate doomsday. And this thing just gets bigger and bigger and, and in a lot of ways better and better. Um, they said for years, can't have a playoff. And when when the uh, the media companies dangled a billion dollars in front of them, all of a sudden they got a fourteen playoff. And now that more billions are coming, they're going to have a twelve team playoff, and it's not going to be a problem. Everybody's going to love it. Uh, you know, we hated the bowl games going away, and they didn't go away. We have more bowl games than ever. Um, you know, you know th- this is there's a lot. I- I've I've really hesitated, Rich, over the years to use the term hypocrisy with college sports because I don't like. I don't like sort of pinning people with that. I've always said there are a lot of contradictions, and somehow that seems softer. Hmm. But now you you can't you can't avoid the term hypocrisy with with the way based on what these administrators say and then what they turn around and do. It, it, it's it's horribly hypocritical. Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen show. So let's talk about the the crystal ball aspect of this and where where it's all going. You mentioned before how, you know, efficiencies may come into play here and, you know, lowering staff numbers. You said, why does a basketball program need 27 staffers and, you know, maybe slice that in half. What about if efficiencies start getting uh, applied to, if you will, lesser revenue sports and there will be fewer college sports programs out there? Is that, do you think, coming, Jay? No. No, I don't, because what, what I think a lot of people miss in this is, now one reason that they have so many sports now is because they have so much money. Uh, so my question has always been, what's the right number of sports? I think when I played at Duke, Duke had 13 varsity sports. Now mm-hmm. they've got like 30. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's sort of the, uh, around the, the number that most of the, you know, the big conferences have, you know, 25 to 30. Maybe the, the SEC has the lowest number. They're in the 18 to 20 range. All these institutions are going to have whatever benefits them. But these lower, sort of lower dollar sports, uh, non-revenue sports, if you will, some call them Olympic sports, some call them country club sports, mm. uh, they all have scholarship limits. So baseball team, for example, uh, Division One has 12 and a half scholarships. That means about about 20 or more of the, those players on every roster are paying their own way. So that's a money-making enterprise for, uh, for these schools, and they retain those students. Athletes wind up staying uh, more so than regular students do, and retention is an issue for every university with their regular student population. So they make money off of sports. They, they claim that they don't, but they make money off sports, and they're going to have what's in their interest. And recently, Stanford canceled like four sports in the last few years, but they canceled like synchronized swimming and archery, stuff like that. I didn't even know they had those things. Um, But they're going to have what's in their interest to have. But the idea that we're just going to be football, basketball, women's basketball, softball, and all that's going forward is is sort of laughably absurd. They're going to keep that stuff. And and when some, I think it was the last few years, Cal wanted uh, wanted to cancel their baseball program. And the alums spoke up, protested, and came up with the money. And uh, they're going to have what's in their interest to have. So I don't, I don't uh, take that as a threat at all. Um, th- th- this is all just a lot of that, – that's what I consider to be doomsday prognostications. And they've been saying that for years. They said it with NIL. We're going to have to cancel sports when, when there was unlimited food. We're going to have to cancel sports. 
dogs and cats are going to live together and none of it happened uh it's all just it's all just doomsday talk they've been spewing out for the last hundred years and then now i guess that brings us to the nil and and the paying of players because again you're right i said this to start the the show this is the profession this is the kimono being lifted the complete professionalism of collegiate athletics amateurism however you want to put it and uh, that appears to be schools and school presidents and and um and television networks they got the whole realignment thing down pat they 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 got this thing handled they know how to strike that deal paying the players i mean ever since nil came into being 2 years ago there still isn't any rules and and whatever's on the the books statewide i mean you even heard greg sankey of the sec say it in his uh in his uh, opening address at the sec media week you know, state laws are not uh, enforced. They they don't know of a single state law that's been enforced. And then some, the NCAA is telling programs, yeah, your state laws don't even exist as far as we're concerned. Um, you know, my coach, you know, if I boil it down, uh, a couple of hamburgers to some kids, um, he, he might miss four games. I mean, the whole benefits and paying of players, I don't know how the hell we're ever going to come to an agreement on that. I will now leave you to answer that Based on this past weekend's events, Jay. Well, I hate to I hate to bullet boil it down to this, but it's really easy, Rich. Right now, the the administrators and coaches are complaining about two things. They're complaining about NIL because they don't know what the market is, and they they don't know what they can and cannot do. And the truth is, they can do just about whatever they want to do, uh, which I think is the way it should be. I, should, I think it should be deregulated. And then they're uh, they're worried about retention the transfer portal so they want they want players to have to declare where they're going and be locked in because it helps their roster uh, they, they like to use the red herring of uh, what happened to commitment and uh, and loyalty and all that stuff when hey man the, the transfer portal for schools is wide open yeah. uh you know schools don't they, they're transferring left and right to whatever conference they want but then they want to turn around out of the other side of their mouths and say but players shouldn't have to be allowed movement but here, here's the easy fix to all this. Uh, the NCAA needs to stop um, uh, with this amateurism nonsense. That's dead anyway. They move the goalposts, uh, to use a sports metaphor, they use the goal, uh, move the goalposts to employment. Now they can't be employees. Drop all that nonsense and just let the school sign players to contracts. And that way you can sign a player to a three-year deal. If you want to have a buyout if the player leaves or whatever, goes pro, you can do that. You can have contract conditions. Everybody knows what the market is, and they know how they're competing. It's incredible how contracts work for literally everyone else in America except college athletes. Uh, They could do that in a heartbeat, and there'd be some cost certainty and retention in there, and they wouldn't have to worry about this transfer portal, and they wouldn't have to worry about NIL. You sign a player to a contract, just like you and I sign a contract with our media companies, and we would negotiate, and they would be able to tell us whether we could do commercials outside of it and what commercials we could do. You pay for that right in the employment contract. Really simple. If you get arrested, they can terminate. Uh, you know, morals clause, they can terminate. There's all kinds of contract conditions. And then there are contract remedies through the court systems. It's really pretty simple. And what about going and, to school? Uh, it works what? for the rest of the American business community. It would work really well for college athletes. But it's just a line that they don't want to cross because they don't feel like it. And, and in the meantime, they're going to beg Congress for an antitrust exemption. They're continuing to do that. Uh, and they're prosecuting, you know, they're having to deal with these court cases. And the latest one is going to be the the the, the crusher uh, if they can't uh, be successful in the NCAA, and I think they're going to have a hard time because they're going up against Jeffrey Kessler, the guy that handed them their rear end in the last case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Just two questions to ask you, to, and then we'll wrap this thing up. You mentioned Jeffrey Kessler. Um, you know, NFL uh, uh, fans know of his name because he was part of the collective bargaining uh, during the lockout, and man, did the NFL owners not like him at all. Um, and the league didn't want, want didn't want him in the room at all. Um, he is uh, a bulldog to say the least. Does that mean players are going to unionize? Is that what that means? I mean, because that, is that the inevitable aspect that that college players must join a athletes must join a union, and everything has contracts: softball, lacrosse, hockey. It's all contracted employ, uh, players. Jay. 
Yeah, they don't need a union because all these different employees don't necessarily have a union. And and a union specifically may be difficult because we're dealing with public and private institutions. Uh, so there are some, some legal uh, hurdles there. Mm-hmm. They could certainly have a trade association, somebody that the NCAA or individual conferences could bargain with. Uh, so that they have a more collective bargaining type of environment, and that may be helpful uh, overall. But whether the players decide to organize so that they can speak more with one voice in negotiation with management, that's all fine, because that's agreed to between players and uh, and management that way. If they decide to do that, that's fine. If the NCAA finds that easier, you know, it's all good. Because people sometimes will say, hey, they have salary. Like, they just can't pay a player anything you want. They have salary caps in the NFL or the NBA. Well, that's true. But those are collectively bargained, and the players get around 50% of revenue in each of those things. So when these schools talk about how expensive it's, it's going to be, they want, they want to give 50% of revenue to the players. They'll find out what expensive looks like. Mm. That's expensive. Right now, the players are cheap. Uh, even even the highest paid players in college, with due to NIL and these collectives, are cheap relative to the amount of money that the enter, that the enterprise makes, and that's why they would say, "Well, we don't need 27 staff members. Let's put the money on the floor, on the field, things like that." Uh, and things would be a lot more sane. Well, if and then that's the last part is the, is the going to school part. If we have now reached a part, or we have long time ago, but now we are just fl- flat out acknowledging that a, uh, a full-ride scholarship is not even remotely commensurate to an athlete's uh, value uh, and or uh, remotely commensurate to the revenue that's being brought in collectively by the athletes performing, then what about going to school? Does that, does that go away too and we just, we just play no, for a school? No. What do we that, got? That, that, I mean, this is where the NCAA, this is in the NCAA's wheelhouse. And this is where, you know, regulation is fine. I think as a baseline principle of being a college athlete, it's fine for the NCAA to say a condition upon this money, being a part of the enterprise, playing, whatever, is you have to be a full-time student in good standing. That's not that big of a deal. Um, uh, you know, that, that's really the only thing, the only thing that is separating the NFL and the NBA uh, and Major League Baseball, whatever, from, from college sports is the requirement that the players be enrolled in school. And, uh, you know, they've used the term student athlete all these years, and, and they don't want to get into why that came up, but it's really a phony construct. I mean, um, all you have to do to be a student is be enrolled. Uh, but enrolled and in good standing, and uh, and they can have some reasonable regulation around that. That's not that big of a deal. Um, and if they they can send their tutors on their ten game road trips and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, they, there's clearly going to be a lot more on the road. But and then each individual school can make a decision: Do we want to do this or not? One thing I, I say to all these administrators that complain when they say this is getting out of hand, this is not what this is supposed to be about. And I said, well, if you want to play. You know, if you want to play in Division Two or Division Three, it's wide open. You know, remember years ago, and and I love him. He was the best ever. Jim Delaney still is, sure. but he's he's retired now. Big Ten. When they sure. talked about paying the players, uh, Jim said, um, uh, you know, they they the Big Ten may go Division Division Two if that happens. And you know, I I, I couldn't respect anybody more than him, but I, I couldn't help but snicker because I knew that was a it was a phony threat. Like, does anybody really think that Ohio State is going to play Amherst at the shoe on Saturday with no television and free admission? Like, that's not going to happen. None of these schools are leaving this enterprise. They need it too much. And I don't want to say they're addicted to the money because they're not, but they're chasing the money just like any of us would. Uh, There's nothing wrong with what the NCAA schools are doing here. I think it's fine. And and each school, their alums and their supporters can say whether they like it or not, and they can make their individual decisions on how to handle this. Where, where it becomes hypocritical is when they say, we are going to act this way in the marketplace, but we are going to restrict only one class of person in their earnings, and that's the player. That That's where this becomes, uh, in my judgment, uh, uh, wrong to the point of being immoral. Jay, you are the man. I knew this is a, be the chat that I, I wanted to have just to give folks an idea of what's happening, what's going on, and where it's headed. I appreciate the two cents, Jay. You be well. Good luck watching the Big 24 this fall. 
and you you don't even know which conference that is. Uh, no, I don't. It could be in the middle of the country or on the. Well, I mean, who knows? It's no longer geographic. I was talking about there's a, there, Big Ten always had a school named uh, Northwestern that had nothing to do with the north and west of our country. Now they've got two such programs. So it's all good. We've got it working. So. Always a pleasure, brother. Thanks right for back at me. you. That's Jay Billis. Hit him straight, Jay. In the meantime, that's Jay Billis. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I knew he would have the unique perspective. Daniel Jeremiah still to come. Overreaction Monday. Ken Rogers of Hard Knocks, the producer of said program, still to come. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen costume manufacturer against Barney the Purple Dinosaur. <laughs> they sold this thing called Hillary the Hippo, which looked exactly like Barney. <laughs> and it was just being rented for people to do uh, you know, uh, parties yeah. for their kids and yeah. all that. So we wanted to settle the case right away, but they wouldn't settle it because they, they wanted to make an example out of it. Oh, no. So we went to federal court and won. No kidding. Yeah, we won. And, uh, and we wound up, then it went to uh, the, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. I had to argue about Barney the Purple Dinosaur one step away from the United States Supreme Court. The funniest part, and because the case is over, I can say this now. Yes. Um, I had I had had the costume, the evidence of the trial, I had the costume at home for some reason. Yes. And my wife and her friends used it to have a birthday party for some of our kids. <laughs> For some of the kids in the neighborhood. And they had all, you know, this is back before cell phone pictures and all that. So sure. they had pictures of all this. And I'm like, are you, what are you doing? Not, like, do you realize this could end the trial right here? If, if the, you know, if the other side got a hold of this. I subpoenaed Barney to the trial. <laughs> This Honest gets, to God, this gets I subpoenaed Barney to the trial. The other side said, you're, you know, Your Honor, um, you know, we can't do that. There are only three of these costumes in existence. It's yes. on the road doing this and hardship of bringing it in. And the costume is uh, six foot eight inches tall, weighs like 250 pounds or whatever. And I stood up. I said, Your Honor, I'm six eight and I weigh about 240. I got in here just fine. <laughs> And so the judge ordered the costume and they brought it, they brought it, opened up this big truck and they wouldn't let anybody see it unless somebody was in it. Barney pops out of the back of a truck onto the loading dock. The judge came down, all the the, the court reporter and every employee of the federal building was there with, uh, to see it. This is a celebrity, right? It was, the, it was the dumbest thing you'd ever seen in your life. <laughs> Great times with Jay Billis throughout the nine years, soon to be nine year history of our program, all on our YouTube stream. Barney. Back here on the program, 844 204 Rich, number to dial. Alan Dallas, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. Al, did you see the guys this weekend? You see them? Uh, the, who, the Weird Crew? Hashtag Weird Crew. <laughs> Hashtag Weird Crew. What, why, what's with the Weird Crew? Why is it called well, the Weird look, Crew? Honestly, is their crew name, Rich? honestly, Rich, in, in, in regular walk of life, me, Adam, and Felly wouldn't exactly be hanging out together. Okay. In, <laughs> out, of, out of town. Okay. At a venue, like at an event like this. Who came up with that name, Al? Did you? That's the hashtag. Oh no, no, I wish, I wish. Okay. They, uh, they, they anointed themselves the weird, hashtag weird crew. Okay. Random, Very good. You know, proved it. I tried, to, I tried to be a humble host and show them a good time. It's weird in itself. And, good uh, time on and, I, and, I, and I think we did. I think okay. we had a decent time. All right. Um, yeah. Were you there the when boys. Felly reached for the check? Were you there, <laughs> Al? 
Uh, well, what check was that? Uh, the uh, the hey, dinner check? Yeah, the dinner check. Were you there for that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. All right. Uh, I mean, did anybody else make uh, make a reach for the check, or was it just Jay who made the reach for the check? What do you got? Uh, well, considering that I I reached for the first check in the evening and got shell shock from the some of the drink prices, I, I thought maybe you know. That's all right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm talking about the guy in the hoodie in the middle of the screen that we just had there, Chris Brockman. <laughs> wow. So that's two why, checks. Why that's, that's, that's two checks you didn't pick sometimes. up. You know, you gotta. You know, you gotta pay for the entertainment. You know, so that's sometimes that happens. Well, I'm sure, Chris, you're the one who reached out for the tickets, right? I mean, I arranged tickets and hotel. I mean, okay. what more do I have yeah, to do? There, true, okay. True. So there's a fee that comes with that you know sort of saying? service. I, mean, I understand. On. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good time. It was good to see some of the boys. I haven't seen Brockman in a long time. Okay. We had a nice time, and I brought you to a pretty nice place, right? Absolutely. We had, great, we had a great time on Friday. All right. Uh, about awesome. a minute plus to go. What what sports item did you want to talk about? Uh, Al, what do you got? Uh, well, you know, uh, the, the boys did come to, like, you know, Dallas and Frisco as the sports capital of the, of the United States. I don't know if you heard, but uh-huh. uh, last, night, last night's event uh, that we hosted here about, uh, about three or four miles from my house, Lionel Messi uh, did not fail to disappoint. Yeah, uh, yet another free kick in the net this one to tie it for all so oh my God. Yeah. yeah i mean it was it was it was pretty amazing and uh it's uh you know unfortunately i, I rich i really did appreciate your uh old english 40 poor for the uh, there you go i'm just seeing uh, seeing the picture that's a good picture actually uh <laughs> i'm a little delayed on roku but all uh, good. Your, all good. your 40 your 40 poor out for the pack for the pack 12 what a what a what a what a shame and what a disgrace <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we poured one out for him uh, again. That and thanks for the call out. Appreciate it. I'm glad you saw the guys over the weekend. Uh, that was happening while Susie and uh, Amy were on the air here. Crazy. Uh, it is crazy, but it's just the way of the world. They screwed that one up. Did they screw that one up or what? The Pac-12. I mean, no one, no one could watch their games. Pac-12 Network wasn't on anymore. I mean, it's just they just absolutely screwed that one straight up. Yep. And this world of, you know, TV contracts and other aspects of it. Oh, my gosh. Hour number two, Daniel Jeremiah coming up. It's not like they were relevant in football anyway. Well, I mean, that's but that shouldn't matter. You know, it's it's so much of it is cyclical. You know what I mean? I know. But you know what I mean? Been... Honestly, so then the SEC, with all due respect, there's two schools, right? Who, who else we got? Who else we got? Who else is, you know, that's, really? I mean, that's fair. I mean, Tennessee had a, a nice moment. For a minute. To right? The quarterback Auburn, when was the last, last night mo- nice moment for Auburn? Well, they won a championship 10 years ago. Right. What, the, S- the USC was pretty damn good in the Pete Carroll era about 20 years ago. They were the home. Right, and then he that had, Rose Bowl between he had Texas some shady stuff going on and bolted, and now he that Rose Bowl between USC and Texas, now Big Ten versus the SEC. Yeah, it was you know, I mean, it was January of '05, one of the greatest Man. ever, and that is eighteen years ago. Yeah. So, when was when, and when did so when was Cam Newton a quarter? It's 2011, right? That's twelve years ago. So, I mean, you shouldn't just sit here and say you're no longer interesting because you haven't won anything in five, well, six years. the Big years. Ten only has had one championship team, and USC, that's bad. USC had the Heisman Trophy winner, the guy who everybody is going to be falling all over themselves in the NFL season and they didn't to make potentially the, and they didn't set make up the playoff. Together. Well, because they couldn't tackle uh, the Big 12 uh, Utah Utes. I'm just saying. Or, pardon me, Big 16. <laughs> they couldn't tackle anybody on that team. So... They deserve to get broken up? I don't know. Hour two coming up.